0: Is it working? All right, we're about to go live on the pod, on the tube. Starting to call in first. Try to get the audio for the videos and stuff. Not going to take calls yet, but um, but yeah, let's get it. There's so much to talk about today. It's, it's it's bonkers. Let's do it. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go live and record. Here we go. Six, five, four, three, two, one, and we're live. Call in YouTube. Whatever, everything, there's so much to talk about today. Let's make sure the tube's working. Sometimes it doesn't work, but there's just there's so much to talk to about today. It's fucking bananas. Sorry about the swearing. Might be swearing today. It's just one of those days. All right, what do we got today? We got, we got, we got a sponsor, but before I get to that, I'm just going to run through what we're going to talk about because it's it's seriously crazy. I feel like there's a change in the air. Let's see what I wrote down here. We got censorship history. The Alex Jones War documentary being censored, but yet still rising to number two on pre-orders behind Top Gun on Apple TV. Weird. Hmm. Conspiracy. Um, are conspiracies just delayed truths? Um, lockdowns coming in the fall and the mainstream media fear-mongering COVID. That's nothing new. Biden good, saying that he would not do lockdowns like Trump. Um, Yeah, I don't think I need to explain that. Um, An article from 2000, and I implore you to just look this up. If you stop listening to this podcast, just read this later. It's called Why the Future, it's from Wired Magazine. It's Why the Future Doesn't Need Us by Bill Joy. And uh, he was the CEO. He was also the, before that, he was the chief scientist, and I believe it's called Sun Microsystems. Um, What is a blockbuster drug article? Basically getting into how they're reliant on blockbuster drugs, which is a drug that gets over a billion dollars. And it, it's an article that came out before like COVID, but it just explains, you know, why particular medications are maybe created and creating a big market now with no competition, by the way, which brings me to the next one. My videos that were going kind of viral on the talk, and by the talk, I mean the TikTok. Um, one was about the, uh, the, Oh no. We're disconnected from uh from the tube and the recording. What's going on here? This isn't good. Sorry guys. Um let me join the studio again. Uh if you're on call in. My bad. Alright, we got disconnected. I don't know what happened there. Hopefully we're back on live. That was bad. Sorry. Um anyways. The My TikTok videos that were starting to get thousands of views actually, and I was getting new followers and like hundreds of likes every day, and I just started really posting stuff and two were all of a sudden just censored and my account officially has a warning on it. They took two videos down, the one about the Australia COVID camps and the reason being, and it was about, if you remember the video, if you didn't, you could just check out at Ownership Economy, although it's not on the TikTok now. Uh, and it was, uh, it was basically an interview where a guy in Australia was simply just telling America to remember who we are and that China's on their doorstep and we need to remember who we are because everyone's looking to us as leaders of the free world. That was censored due to hateful speech. I swear, hateful speech. And then the second one that I just posted yesterday, I believe it was an interesting one from Dr. McCullough, who by the way, is the most published cardiologist in the history of medicine, but you will hear from the mainstream that he's a quack. He's far from a quack. Do your own research on him. And it was, uh, he brought up a really good point and it really wasn't even talking about the, you know, the the V-E-A-C-C-I-N-E. It was about, um, it was about the economic and market forces or lack thereof between Moderna and Pfizer. And it was really an interesting take. In fact, I'm going to play it on this because I'm going to play both of those on here because you guys got to see it. The fake people on Twitter with many of accounts saying the same things about V-A-C-C-I-N-E-S being safe and effective, and they're like the same exact posts from all these different accounts, and they're like long, lengthy posts. And I have now experienced that with the Australia COVID camps, where it, the person seems like it's real, like a someone in the army in Australia, but it clearly... There's no way that it's real, the people who are responding. It just... Really seems fake. And then I saw like 18 accounts that had the same long message about hospitals not being filled or this is debunked. We debunked it. COVID really is the scariest thing ever. Debunked. Go check Reuters fact checker. Uh, Good old um, Warren Buffett. No, I mean Nancy Pelosi. Sorry, Nancy Pelosi. I get confused when you think of top investors. The Pelosi stock in, uh, what is it, Envita. They own 20,000 shares that just got disclosed today. And what else happened? They announced a bill in favor of their chips for $52 billion, the semiconductors. So they made a fortune. She is a hell of an investor. I don't even know why we talk about like Warren Buffett and and Jim Simmons and people like that. Like it's literally Nancy Pelosi. You know, she's really a part-time politician and a full-time investor, just incredible investor. It's mind-blowing. So the Dr. McCullough video, which I just talked about in his new book that I would definitely check out, The worst thing for the environment. What do you think the worst thing is for the environment? It's you. It's human beings. Human beings are the worst things for planet Earth. Please don't forget that. We'll get into that. The UK vaccine numbers. Maybe we'll get into that. Um, What's going on with food? Food, food, food. Farmers versus corporations. Who do you think the bad guys are? You got it. Definitely the farmers. All right. (laughs) <laughs> this stuff's crazy this is so crazy that given how long this list is uh the i ja- <laughs> i'm sorry the january 6th uh uh, uh uh what do you call it like a um, show trial that's going on <laughs> to distract everybody uh from you know the global's takeover no big deal uh and basically they just got caught in a lie. And basically they put someone in that crowd that incited everyone. Like, he's like, go in. I forget his name, I'll get to it. But there's an article about how like their lives been held since like everyone's reaching out. Now they're being looked at by like the New York Times, you know, whose owners are were, you know, slave owners, but whatever, that's a different issue. Um and uh <laughs> and basically the video of him is like they're like he's like, we need to storm the Capitol. He's like, he's like, it's that way, like go in that way, barge in, spread the word, <laughs> like go do it. Clearly it seems weird. Uh, the misinformation wiki article, I mean, we use the word misinformation in our culture now like it's a normal word. Do you really know the root of misinformation? I doubt it. So that's quite important. Also about the January 6th, there's a 69 year old woman with breast cancer who just started her sentence in jail for 60 days, has no criminal history. This involves the good old Adam Schiff. Um, And (laughs) uh, the Church of Pfizer with faith clinics popping up, have faith in the V-A-C-C-I-N-E, that those are popping up, have faith. If we don't have science, we can always have faith. Um, And then the same people getting people sick, from the food and other things in the environment and then miraculously always having the cure and always selling it for a profit. Conspiracy, definitely a conspiracy. And while I was getting ready to do this podcast today, I thought this was really funny. I pulled up Google to like, or I pulled up, I don't know, it just naturally goes to Google on my browser, I guess. And uh, I, I'm there. If you go to google.com at the bottom, it says Google is carbon neutral since 2007. And I'm like, this just came out today. Like you could tell they're the WF and all them are pushing this carbon neutral. Everyone's all about doing what's best for the environment. No one disagrees. We just don't want to do things that make the country collapse like Sri Lanka and what's going on with the Netherlands. Like we like to do things, I don't know, from whatever in the best interest of human beings, even though human beings are the worst thing for planet Earth because we pollute it and we should not be here. Just ask Bill Gates. So those are all the things that we're going to cop. Oh yeah, so the Google carbon neutral since 2007, I was thinking, what? Isn't that like a, a SaaS? Like what about WordPress? Like is, what? Is, is WordPress carbon neutral since 2004? Like I was thinking of a really good marketing scheme. Like you can use all the pollution to make like this belt and then revenue sell it, you're not using that carbon anymore. So you should just put on the tag like carbon neutral since 2022. Since you bought it. Whatever. That's a great, that's a great marketing scheme. You can create anything with all the pollution in the world, but when it's done, it's done and it can't be using any carbon. So you just put a tag on it. That says carbon neutral since whenever it got off the factory line. But Google, to, since, what? Carbon neutral since 2007. Really? You gotta be kidding me. Is Riverside.fm carbon neutral since 2020? Glide apps, carbon neutral since being founded. YouTube, carbon neutral. I mean, this is crazy. In fact, if you are watching this, I'm gonna pull it up real quick. I mean, listen, I'm all about what's best for the environment. I think everyone is. So you go to the homepage, which is this. And at the bottom, it's got this toolbar. That says carbon neutral since 2007. And you click it and a timeline comes up. It says visit sustainability.google. It's like working together to create a carbon-free future for everyone. Is it not so obvious that Google is compromised and by the Chinese Communist Party and just government and big business? Like who – what peasant – and when I say peasant, I mean you and I mean me. What peasant – thinks it's ever, ever, ever a good idea for the largest corporations of any type in the world and the most powerful quote unquote governments to work together for something, especially distributing a product for a profit. When should that ever occur? And that would be in the best interest of peasants. Again, peasants are human beings which pollute the environment worse than any car ever. That's you, you pollute, don't forget. I mean, this is, this seems so meta. It feels like a movie. It feels like a movie. Does it not? Am I crazy? So, those are all the things we're going to get into. It's super exciting. I'm pumped. And uh, we have a sponsor. Yes, we do. The very first sponsor. So, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. And the sponsor is Sam, I want to say, I think it's Bocutty. Sam Bocutty. If you could see it on the screen, Sam Bocati, he drove me today in an Uber. He's in Cleveland and it is a catering company, family style catering, weddings, showers, event catering. You can go to www.samsupperclub.com and you can reach out to Sam, who is the chef and owner who just started this catering company. So if you hear this, definitely hit him up. It's www. That Sam. Oh, I'm sorry. Sam supper Not Sam's S A M Supperclub.com. Again, that's Sam. All right. I don't know if I should do this in different segments and then publish them each or just go the whole time. You know, it's kind of easier to listen to when it's like by sex, you know, by separately, but whatever. We're going to start with, excuse me. We are going to start with censorship which was going to be its own topic by itself, just the history of it, because it's like a normal word now. However, then I see the Alex Jones War, the alt-right white supremacist terrible human, somehow is the platform, but his documentary, the Alex Jones War, is number two in pre-sales for the documentary that's coming up. Number two, behind Top Gun, above Jurassic Park. What in the world does that say? That's got to say, and I'm not here advocating as, like I said, I'm apolitical, not Republican, not Democrat. I'm pro-human. I'm okay with humans polluting by breathing. I'm okay with that. Google, we're happier carbon neutral. I was worried about that. If my search engine wasn't carbon neutral, I'd freak out. By the way, I saw you.com pop up, which is like a new search engine, I guess. Is it carbon neutral? I don't know, have to verify. So the Alex Jones war is number two pre-sold. And I'm thinking like, do people really like misinformation, disinformation and conspiracies? Or is it possible that everything that we're told is a lie? And there was one more thing on that list actually which was you probably heard about the 10 year old girl in Ohio that got raped and had to go to Indiana for the abortion. And now that story has been like discredited. And I think it's true with the girl, but the, the, the girl's mom is saying that the guy, the illegal immigrant they arrested is not the right guy, even though he confessed. So pretty much everything we seem to be told. And that was like Reuters fact check or whatever. And it's like, not true. And I got that from the Hill. Um, it just seems like every conspiracy is a, simply a delayed fact. So, Alex Jones, the conspiracy theorist, is number two. He's de platformed. He's only on like one site. He's, you know, in the media, you know how he's portrayed. I don't have an opinion on the guy. I didn't even know who he was like two years ago, or I didn't even know who he was a year ago, I don't think. I, I'd never heard of Infowars till recently. But his, this documentary, By this woman, I'm going to play the video, which by the way, I should say, she's a white woman. She's probably a white supremacist. Every white person is a white supremacist. And they're not carbon neutral. But Google is, and China is, and Sri Lanka is, and Ghana is, but they're going bankrupt. So anyways, let's play this video, and then I'll get into all the other stuff cause there's just so much to get into. So this is from unheard, which is actually really good. Uh, it's a YouTube channel, which I think this guy does pretty good but it's a girl hosting it today. And uh, we are going to play the beginning of this cause I thought it was really good and interesting to show the effectiveness about censorship and just, you know, I, I caution you, this is two white women. So it's probably misinformation, I'm just kidding.
1: Here we go. Put it lightly, controversial. Another Alex, Alex Lee Moyer, has been making a fly-on-the-wall documentary about Jones over the last few years. It's due to be released at the end of this month but the filmmakers have found it hard to get the word out. First, Instagram blocked the trailer to protect their community. Then TikTok removed it for hateful behaviour, and Facebook took it down for violating community guidelines. Why? We've invited the film's director, Alex Lee-Moyer, into the studio to find out. Hi, Alex. Welcome to Unheard. Hey, Phil. Hi. So tell me a little bit about what happened. You created this film over the last few years, you put it out, and... What happened next?
2: We always anticipated a a little bit of turbulence releasing this film. I mean, even from the very beginning, uh, we were lucky enough at least to secure it on the major streaming platforms. And so we were thinking, okay, well maybe this is gonna go a little bit more smoothly than we'd anticipated. And um, so we started our rollout of the release of the film on, like you said, I mean, you pretty much put it in a nutshell already. but what happened was on the first day we you know released our trailer uh and it did explosive numbers on Twitter um it did fairly well on Instagram um but then it sort of flatlined um afterwards in the analytics but essentially uh the word was got kind of squashed or you know or so they thought it's one thing to uh deplatform Alex Jones but should be deplatform anyone from even discussing alex jones so you know it's a it's, it sort of puts forth an interesting precedent where it's sort of unfolding as we go here
1: so you've made a film that shows the, the good bad and ugly about alex jones himself true and you feel that this is in some way leaking out from the ban against alex jones as as a personality and is now is this kind of created a secondary ban against you who is making a documentary about alex jones and what sort of precedent does this set if we start to ban things that are simply secondarily related to content that's considered unacceptable on these platforms?
2: Well, it's slippery, right? It's it's not also out in the open when these entities are sort of rebuffing you from, sh- from sharing your work about controversial topics. And by the way, I made another film before this film that kind of ran into some of the same sort of obstacles, although not at this scale. So, um, People don't just come out and say all the time, oh, this is because Alex Jones and you're being deplatformed. The platform. They usually kind of make up a demure sort of excuse. Or in the case of like, you know, Google, for instance, who refused to let us take out any ad space. At one point we called them and were able to get in touch with the support and they put us on hold and then they just hung up the phone. And then when we called back, we got an automated message. And then shortly afterwards, our producer found that his uh, professional uh, Google account, his uh, to buy ad space had been uh, permanently suspended for hateful behavior
1: for trying to buy ad space um, on Google. What do you think about this, the way in which it's, it's cross channel? Because that's what's really interesting to me is that these demure or euphemistic reasons are being used across different channels. They're not owned by particularly the same parent company, but they are using the same reasons to suppress film
2: you know what it is a lot of people just want to take the high road and it's just much easier to say you know what we don't really know what this is and we don't really know who made it, it and it's the risk to reward ratio is not so great for some companies right I mean obviously when it comes to to you know these entities with massive influence that like run the world practically like Google that's where we should be more concerned when it comes to the fact that we can't even get you know a review written or even an announcement of our um of of our production in a hollywood rag that's a little bit more understandable because it's like well what if they got to gain from it ironically enough the film now has reached uh number two on the itunes presale chart next to top gun so despite all of these efforts you know there's obviously a massive demand for people who want to see Uh, content that's uh, culturally
1: relevant and um, authentic. Is there a lesson here for these platforms, perhaps, that the more you try to suppress this sort of material, the more attractive or exciting it might seem to a certain group of, you know, underground viewers, which some might call the majority of people?
2: Right. Well, the Streisand effect, right, Uh, is what they call it. You know, the more that you Uh, try and tell people to look away the more that you're just going to attract their attention to that so it'll be interesting to see what happens um, because frankly I mean I had anticipated that it would you know get get banned or somehow you know taken down from these platforms and we'll we'll see what they do and I definitely don't want to curse the the film that way I want as many people to be able to see it on as many in as many places as possible and this movie isn't just a movie for for people to like, you know, feel like they're they're being, you know, cheeky by watching a film about a controversial figure. It's it's actually like a, it's a good film that has addresses I think some pretty important themes especially for people living in America right now.
1: So why do you think they want it to be suppressed? What what caused this kind of boom and then bust when when the censors at head office at Facebook, Twitter Instagram saw the sudden trajectory of your film when you released the trailer. What was it about it, do you think, that, that worried them so much?
2: The film is much more nuanced than the trailer, but I don't think that trailer is even the basis. I think they don't know what to expect, and when CNN goes and puts out their Alex Jones special, where there's going to be, you know, it's clearly indicated what the angle's going to be. It's Alex Jones the worst man in the world. Um, you know, they can go and they can take out ad space and they can, you know, plaster his face all over, you know, Twitter and and Instagram, all that they want. It wouldn't take too much research on me um, to realize that I'm going to tell the straight story about whatever I'm making a film about, and the straight story, quite frankly, is going to be contradictory to a lot of the narratives. I do think that uh, it will contradict some of people's preconceived notions about Alex Jones Um, not that that's I'm setting out to make him look heroic but more importantly it's going to challenge people's narratives about people in the populist movement in America and the whole story around um, what's happened in this
1: country since the election uh, in in 2020. So what do you think your film shows about that What, what is the the narrative that you chart over the course of this film?
2: Well, so the film is a, definitely a, a bio-retrospective about Alex. And so it's got a lot of, it traces his career starting from 2019.
0: Alright, I'm going to stop it there. But I'm going to say something crazy. I have faith in you to talk about anything or taking any information you want in this world and make your own determination if you want to dismiss it, if you want to absorb it, if you want to share it, I have faith in you as a polluting human being that you can listen to any information that you want and you can make your own decision if it's good or bad. I know I'm a contrarian, I'm odd, I'm out there, but I have faith in you, the people, even though you pollute the environment when you breathe. I mean, the fact that it's a normal course of discussion with the misinformation and the censorship, you you would only even temporarily be in favor of it if it went your way. And as soon as you're on the raw side of the deal, you're not having it. And what she was saying that they were They're protecting you. You're being protected. They want to decide what's misinformation to protect you. You don't understand. These powerful elites care about you so much. Don't you see how they've helped you out through the years? Think about it. Whenever you had a bad day, who was there? Klaus Schwab. Think about it. Whenever you had a fight with your parents, who was there? Bill Gates. Whenever you, lost some money because you bought something stupid, guess who you gave your money back? The US government. And whenever you didn't feel well, guess who came to the rescue? Pfizer. (laughs) Big corporations and government are powerful enough by themselves. And then to dictate the information that gets to you because they want to protect you is the most asinine thing i've ever heard in my life in my life it's amazing that they can get this into a normal discourse because if you knew anything about history and i don't know much but you can simply look up you can search misinformation and just read about all the circumstances in which it was used it was like nazi germany it was like stalin when 50 million people were killed when like Pictures were removed people so they can rewrite history. They're rewriting history. And if you control history, you control the future. That's, that is the doctrine. That is the public record of what people go off is the history. And if you can censor and dictate what the history is, well, doesn't that appear that you would probably become more powerful? And... For us peasants, does it really make sense to have the same people who are causing all the issues to also come up with the solutions without any competition? Like, in what market is it good to have a monopoly? Like, was it good when Standard Oil was a monopoly? Was it good when Google, or I mean, not Google, Microsoft was considered a monopoly with the antitrust laws? Like... Obviously not because Bill Gates ran that show and now he's deciding to kill people. I mean, come on. Who in their rightful, like, let's see, who, let's see. In the current world, in what places is information censored on behalf of the government that's in the best interest of the people? The first one that comes to mind is North Korea. How's that working out? How is that working out? What's another one? China. Even seeing pictures or videos or anything that's happening in China, it's a catastrophe. And when I post this, I'm going to have a million accounts on Twitter that aren't real telling me that China, everybody's at a beach on vacation. They're letting the whole country have the day off. It's the best year of all time, probably. It's pretty much everything we're being told from every mainstream outlet. It's almost... 100% of the time, it's almost 100% of the time. And like I've said before, to be 100% wrong, be 100% right, is extremely impressive. That is hard. To be 100% wrong is actually difficult. And I think the main, I don't even think I think, I think it's a fact. The mainstream media is wrong every time. If you take the opposite of what they say, you will probably live a very successful, prosperous life. And if you take their advice, you'll probably weigh 800 pounds, be on 900 cocktails of drugs and be in a psych ward. Doesn't it seem like that? And at the same time, these same people who are running the show are all becoming richer with 500 more billionaires coming out of the woodworks during the pandemic while you were getting poor, while you're suffering, the corporations are making an extra forty billion dollars in profits, and then joining forces with the government to protect you from bad information because they care about you. Look at what happened in Sri Lanka. They care about you. They didn't get their whole over their government overthrown. That didn't happen. That's fake news. China's not communist. It's it's run by the people. You're a conspiracy theorist. Now, when I hear the word conspiracy, I automatically default to researching it on my own. And little do I know, it turns out to be a fact. Or if it's not a fact, I know it's coming in like six months. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to talk about these conspiracy theories. And really what that is, is just telling you the news six months before you hear it from anywhere else. What a time for independent media. What a gap in the market. You can literally make a living now just telling the facts because every outlet that is trying to say, quote unquote, protect you from the bad, dangerous information, is just gaslighting you and lying to you all while the truth comes out when it's too late. Like you probably didn't hear on the news when Sri Lanka banned the fertilizer and their farmers were going broke and now they have a food shortage. Like when they were stri- you know, on strike about it, you didn't hear about that. But now you're hearing about the same situation in the Netherlands. And I'm just worried it's too late. That's all I'm scared about. We know what's going to happen. I was talking about a famine two months ago. People told me I was insane and nuts. There's going to be a famine. And any famine in today's world is a political famine. It, it Someone starves because we solved it. For the most part, someone is... Starving somewhere in the world because some politician wants them to starve. That is a quote from Yuval Noah Harari, who's the top advisor to the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, and the author of *Sapiens* and then *Homo Deus*, which is human god. And all and all they're talking about is putting chips under your skin and tracking you and doing all this. And you have to like ration out everything, but they care. Don't don't listen to conspiracy theorists. They're bad. Just stay focused on us and we will go over and over. Lockdowns are coming soon. They don't want you to talk about Alex Jones. That's not good unless it comes from them. If you can't control the narrative, well, that's dangerous for you. Yeah, it's all falling apart now it's all falling apart. Especially now with the 10 year old girl in Ohio that got raped and then they lied about the story and now they're covering their tracks. They are literally crumbling in front of our eyes. And that is a big deal. I truly believe in my heart of hearts that the silent majority is like 90% of the world that feels this way. And doesn't care if you're Republican, Democrat, white, black, man, woman, bi, a monkey, who cares? No one gives a shit. People simply care about living their lives, being left alone, and just do what they want to do with their lives, with the people they love, and just stay out of the way. Nobody wants to be protected, especially when you're protected by people who do not have your best interests in mind. They want to maximize profits. That's the purpose of what a business is. That's what's going on here. And I'm simply not supported by big pharma and massive corporations as advertisers. And so my incentive isn't to do anything but tell you the truth, because I feel like it's the right thing to do. Clearly, if you're compensated by massive corporations and they fund your business operation, you are likely telling a story that is in their favor otherwise you have no business to tell a story on because they pay you, that's your revenue. It would be awfully ignorant to think that all the independent media journalists are the ones that are these hokey pokeys peddling something all while there's no economic interest on that end, but there is an economic interest on the other side with the mainstream media. Pretty much everyone they try to protect you from, everyone they call a liar and alt-right, I automatically go and look into them because they are probably 99% of the time telling the truth. Actually, it might be like 99.9. In fact, I take, it's really good, actually. It's actually helpful. Whatever you hear on the mainstream news, you just go research it and then you find out the, the answer is the exact opposite. So you actually are informed, but it's, you got to reverse engineer. Sorry, I got a little bit of a running nose here. I'm sorry if you can hear the sniffles. I'll blow my nose in a second. So this, talking about why this doesn't work and the economic market forces or lack thereof that are in place right now. And this video that I'm going to share, or this audio, if you're listening, literally just came out two days ago. It was Robert Breedlove's podcast. It's Dr. McCola, who again is the most published cardiologist ever. He has the most peer reviewed research papers ever, but he's a quack. CNN says he's a quack. So you know what that means? He's probably one of the best doctors in the world. So in this in this clip, he brings up a really interesting point. This isn't, it is directly about the, the vaccine, but it's really about the economics behind it. Just, I really want you to listen to this and just, Take, like I say, I always say this. I'm sharing with you all the stuff that I find. And then I implore you to go do your own due diligence and go find out the facts and verify it for yourself. For some reason, you don't hear that when you watch the news, do you? They don't say, hey, why don't you go double check us and verify everything we tell you? Instead, they go, you better put this in your brain or we're going to put a chip on your skin and kill you. Like, you know what I mean? I'm telling you. Hey, don't ever take me at face value, ever. Go verify it 100% of the time. And I'm wrong a lot, but I'm right a lot. I feel like I'm right a lot, a lot. Like it's scary. I even freak out myself. So this is a really, really interesting clip about the economics with Pfizer and Moderna and how odd it is that it's not operating like a normal market. So I thought this was just excellent. Excellent. And again, this was censored. This was censored on my TikTok.
3: Economic force, right? So people choose products. So right now, there's no competition between moderna and Pfizer. Uh, there, there's no competitive claims between this. Is one better than the other? How about Johnson Johnson, AstraZeneca? In Europe, we have Novavax and, uh, and have uh, Sinovac, Coronavac. There doesn't appear to be any competitive market forces. We hear uh, a talk in the media and doctors offices here, just take a vaccine, take any vaccine. Since when do we do that? I mean, do, don't products naturally compete with one another? Isn't there a winner? Isn't there a loser? And isn't there a one in between? You know something's wrong when you don't see competitive market forces. You know something's wrong when you don't see purchase and then consumption. So it was announced uh, recently that the CEO of Moderna, Stefan Banzel, was declaring large wastage of Moderna. They were actually going to waste doses, tens of millions of doses. Then in the United States, we heard many tens of millions of doses being wasted. Well, companies should only produce as much as consumer demand exists. What happened in these arrangements was pre-purchase. So there was already pre-purchase. The same thing has happened with some other products. I'll give you another example of the crisis where you can tell economics and, and market forces are disturbed. And that's remdesivir. That's a chapter in our book, remdesivir. Remdesivir is an intravenous polymerase inhibitor. Uh, we can use it in acute treatment. Uh, it had hope initially in 2020. It was repurposed a drug tried in Ebola. And it turns out in the largest trials, the best done trials, it, it didn't reduce mortality. In fact, mortality was worsened. There was kidney injury and liver injury. The World Health Organization did the largest trial, convened a meeting. They went over all the data in 2020. They had ethicists, uh, critical care doctors. I mean, this was a very weighty event in, in the pandemic response. And the WHO said, listen, we can't let this go go forward. We got to shut it down. Do not use this product. It doesn't work. It's actually going to result in more loss of life. European Society of Critical Care signed on and it said, don't use it. Don't use it. World Health Authority says don't use it. And what happened in America is our CMS, our DHSS and CMS, they actually put a 20% bonus on the hospital payment. It's like a tip on the entire bill. If if remdesivir is going to use, it's about a $3,000 drug. And You know, we use drugs in the hospital. I'm a doctor. I order drugs in the hospital all the time. And even if a drug costs a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars, I wouldn't get a tip on the entire hospitalization. Let's say a hospitalization is $200,000. That's $40,000 extra if this drug is used. And the World Health Organization says don't use it. Well, hospital administrators couldn't resist the financial incentives that the U.S. passed down. And countless Americans, there were 10 million hospitalizations in the United States. The utilization rates about 25 percent. That means a massive number of people were exposed to a potentially deadly drug. And the analysis suggests that the loss of life, we lost a million lives, a million American lives. Some of it was contributed through what we call a perverse incentive. So these are not you know, economic drivers. Economics, there is medical economics. They are not playing out in pandemic response because of the stranglehold the biopharmaceutical complex has on the entire response.
0: Wow. Um, Is that not amazing? Isn't that a really good point? I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. You know, you have this competition usually between, you know, like it's good for, it's good for there to be, I mean, TikTok's bad, obviously it's corrupt, but like for an Instagram, it's good to have a TikTok and it's good to have a Twitter, you know, it's good to have something. When you have a BP, it's good to have a Sunoco or a Shell. It's good for the normal person. And you usually hear these competition market forces going on so they can compete for you to buy their product. But in this case... You really don't hear any difference between Moderna, Pfizer, switch, switch, take one of this, one of that, da, 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 put this in there and that in there. It doesn't matter, mix and match, it's whatever. Like they're on the same team, but they're different corporations. In what world, in what world do like Google, Facebook, and Apple all do things in unison that is for the betterment of people ever? Like, do you remember when Apple just recently changed some of their security rules and it like it screws up the targeting and retargeting for Facebook? It makes Apple more powerful and Facebook less powerful. Well, that's market forces at work. But you don't hear that happening in this circumstance. Why is that not a red flag? And if it's not a red flag, why is it wrong for me to point that out? That's all I want to know. I just don't know. I've never, ever seen in any world ever that two massive multinational corporations, global corporations, have products that compete with each other. But yet they act as if they are the same company. And then you have free marketing and PR from the most powerful governments in the world, AKA the US government and many, many others all across the world. In what world is that in the best interest of peasants like me and you, or you and I? I just don't understand, but there's something else going on here. First of all, I found that on YouTube, which is a Google company, but they're not censoring that. Although it'll probably get taken down, I'm sure. But it's a very good point. And I think it's something we need to discuss to have an open forum about very difficult topics, topics that are challenging, topics that are super uncomfortable to talk about. Those are the most important things to talk about forever and always. And like I've said before, when you have very powerful, organizations, institutions at work, the whole conversation that any person should have with those very powerful people and institutions are very difficult questions. And then they have to provide very clear and concise answers. When there are no questions and there's only pats on the back and applauding and just like, you're the greatest thing ever. That is the most odd thing I've ever experienced in my life. It just, something has to be wrong. You never see that. Do you? I haven't. All I see is organizations, institutions be cutthroat with each other and try to put each other out of business. But not in the biopharmaceutical world. They're homies. They're homies. It's whatever. Whatever. Take one of ours and one of theirs. What's the difference? We care about you, but we won't relinquish our patents. And no, we will not make them public so everybody can get the vaccine easily. We are going to keep the patent underneath our bed under a vault, which is inside of a vault, which is inside of another vault, which is also inside of another vault. So you can't get it. But everything we do, just trust us. Everything we do is for the betterment of you and your health. You don't understand. We wouldn't be able to operate if we didn't care about you with all of our hearts. Think about all those bad days you've had in the past. Did you not go in your cabinet and get something that we sold? And by the way, we're also contaminating your food and getting you sick. So then you can buy more of our products. Wait, 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 wait. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. They gotta be careful now with that word conspiracy because it's synonymous with fact. That's what's happening. And people are starting to realize this. People are starting. To see this, no matter what demographic you are, no matter what person you are, if you're not part of Davos and the World Economic Forum, if you didn't pay $100,000 to go to that ridiculous event, you are a peasant and you're figuring out that pretty much everything you're being told is a lie. I know that's a tough thing to come to terms with. Because it's almost like a deep-rooted belief that you've had. And now you're finding out that after all these years or decades that something you have believed to be so true is not true. Every ounce of your being wants to say, I'm crazy. Or this person I'm listening to has to be wrong. Or, you know, this can't be true. Because it's that meta of a concept. It's honestly like a movie. But the only difference is it's actually real life. The movie is what you're watching. The movie is the propaganda they're putting out there. That's the movie. That's the psychosis. That is the sterilization and the reprogramming of your brain. I am an optimist through and through. I am so bullish on human beings. I mean, we're here, aren't we? And there's more of us than ever. And we're doing pretty well, well until... Klaus Schwab got his hand on COVID virus or whatever they did. And people seem to always figure out a way. But after I'm learning more about history, it seems like we only figure out a way when it's like the last minute or the 11th hour. All I'm asking is, can we not do that this time? Can we come to it a little quicker so we don't have people dying of famine every day? I'm just not about that life. Like I want human beings to be happy. I want them to do what they want. I want to stay out of their lives. I want you to stay out of my life. I mean, I love you, but I stay out of my life. Let me be free. And that all these things are being put in place are clearly frameworks to control the control of information, the control of when you can go. And in a few months, We are going to experience, which, ironically, Biden, like, look it up. In the debates with Trump, he says, I wouldn't do lockdowns like Trump. I'm not not an anything supporter. This is an apolitical podcast. This is an apolitical podcast, but we are going to hear in a couple months of even more dramatic lockdowns. And my question to you is very simple. What are you going to do? It's easy to just be told what to do and then just follow orders and keep your eyes open like a zombie and just sit down, stand up, eat, don't eat, water. It doesn't have to be like that though. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your beliefs are. Are you a human being? Well, guess what? So am I. I wanna be happy and free. And as crazy as this sounds, I want you to be happy and free. You can call me conspiracy theorist. And you can listen to Pfizer and CNN tell you what's up. But do you think there's maybe another agenda at play? Do you think it's that far-fetched that Bill Gates doesn't give a shit about you and just wants to push, like you just heard on that audio or video, Ramdesivir, which, by the way, they didn't even say in that clip, Bill Gates is like the biggest shareholder or owner of that patent, of Ramdesivir, that they were giving tips for to die, to give people in the hospital. If you give them this ramdesivir, even though it doesn't work, we're going to tip you an extra 20%. Okay, well, our hospital needs to stay in business. So, okay, we'll do it. But people are dying, but we'll, we'll do it. Okay, just tell the public it's good. Everyone, it's good. Don't go on the internet and search it. Just listen to us. Watch the watch. Listen to us. Look at the other pocket watch. Listen to us, COVID's coming back, lock yourself in a shoebox and eat mice or eat bugs like Scarlett Johansson. Like it's these little subtle things. Like when next time you read an article that has to do with the lockdowns or with something that the mainstream media doesn't like like a Trump or something, every sentence has an adjective in that sentence before the thing they're talking about saying like, and of course, the negative take by Dr. McCullough is he says that there aren't market forces at play or the debunked fact. Like <laughs> They preface it and it gets in your subconscious or it's supposed to, to make you dismiss the rest. It's almost like when you say a sentence and then you say, but, and then say everything else, they say, when someone says, but, you can dismiss everything they said before. So I really like apples, but I don't like this one. Well, then you probably don't like apples. It's the same thing with what's going on in the media. They're doing the same thing subtly. They're putting these words with very strong, like, and of course the alt-right racist independent media journalists are peddling theories About us telling you there's going to be lockdowns in a couple months. That will not happen. Well, guess what? That will probably definitely happen then. Everything that won't happen seems to always happen. And I, as a, I'm a gambling man a little bit. And betting on the human race being successful. Because I do believe the people will win. I really do. I do believe that. And that's a big reason why I'm doing this because I find it very hard to believe that I'm the only way that feels this way. I don't think so. And even when I was in the Uber today, and this was Sam, who was the sponsor earlier, the catering man, he, I get in the car and he goes, hello. And I go, I have another stop. I'm going into a store and I go into the store. I come back and I get in the car. I was just in it. And he goes, hello. and I'm, so, He's like, oh, sorry. He's like, I, I'm just a robot. So this is what I do. I was like, yep, that's what they want us to be. And he's like, I know, it's crazy. I'm like, yep, the new world order. And, and we start talking and he's extremely liberal. And I go, you know, they, they, they paint these people as alt-right and they tell us not to listen to these people like a Joe Rogan. And he goes, I know. He goes, I'm extremely liberal. I listen to Joe Rogan. We know he's not all right. He won't even have Trump on his podcast. And he endorsed Bernie Sanders. And I was like, well, doesn't that make you think that everybody else they're saying this about? Like Alex Jones, for instance, maybe has some truth. Is it possible? And this guy who's extremely liberal and says he's Democrat, all this stuff, even though the parties don't matter. It's peasants versus the ultra elite. But anyways, Democrat, he's like, he's like, yeah. He goes, when I hear someone is all right or ever, I go and do my own research and I find out they're either moderate or probably left. <laughs> like, that was one of the biggest mistakes they ever made. Because if you listen to Joe Rogan, who, by the way, when they tried to cancel him at the beginning of the year in the month of January, he gained 2 million new subscribers which goes back to the censorship and how the opposite effect seems to happen. You censor Alec Jones and now the Alex, what's it called? The Alex or Alex's war, the new documentary. That's not the pre-sale is out is number two on Apple TV's charts. So clearly there's something going on here where we're being told one thing, but the majority of people are doing another thing or finding out the truth themselves. And this is not trying to back anybody. I'm not trying to before Alex Jones, Joe Rogan, anything like that. There's just a very common thread here that's very obvious. And if we do not come together as people, as helping each other, then we are going to be in for a very rude awakening. And so this is why... They want the lockdowns. This is why they want to keep you isolated, because if you talk to another human, you would realize you guys have stuff in common and would help each other join forces and then point them out at the people that are causing these very problems, the W.E.F. But what's actually probably going to happen is that people are going to find out the truth and it's slowly happening. And what's going to happen, though, and this is still kind of right, but it's it's going to go after the wrong people. People are going to revolt against their own governments and, like Sri Lanka, and not actually point it at the right people, which is the World Economic Forum. Of course, they're in cahoots with the government, and that's part of it. But the longer we take to point the arrow in the direction of the World Economic Forum, the longer we're going to be in this rut. And it's definitely a strategic play by them. And I'm gonna share videos in a little bit of, you know, how they're going about this. They're making it, you know, like for example, they want everyone to come over the border. And then they say in the video, like in the US, they want everyone to come over the border. But then when the famine starts, they want the, the border to be locked down so nobody can get in and we should not help them. Which is like having Biden in office right now and then Years later, maybe of a Republican in and they get strict with the border, which is perfect timing that coincides with the famine. And then they get strict and then they win both sides of the argument. You see that? Do you see how that happens? Isn't that fascinating? Think about it. They want everyone to come over the border, let everybody in, right? Which causes probably more crime, more scarcity of stuff. And then when the famine hits these other, Mexico, Let's have someone in power that will make a strict border that will not let people in. So they starve. like, that's, what's happening. It's a very methodical plan. This is all very, very planned. I mean, you can look at all the simulations, please go watch the videos of, of, and I I had a previous podcast on this and I'm going to change it from in case you forgot the ownership economy to in case you forgot, I think it's a better name, but in case you forgot the ownership economy, about Project Dark Winter, which Biden says Dark Winter 4,000 times. And if you look up what's Operation Dark Winter, it's the release in 2001, the release of smallpox, <coughs> monkeypox, but smallpox, that is a mass outbreak pandemic. And then they swoop in and save the day. Go research the video. When they did a simulation of this in 2001, Operation Dark or listen to my podcast, or watch the video on YouTube, whatever, and you will see this guy up on the front of the stage, like teaching people about what's going to happen and how to respond to the crisis in the very, you know, first stages in the very first couple of days. How you need to be omnipresent. How you have to flood everything with certain propaganda so people will trust you and go along with whatever narrative you have. This is all strategically planned out for decades. This is bananas. And before you know it, you're going to be a banana with a barcode. And they're going to scan you every time you walk into a a store. So The world's bananas, but you don't need to be a banana. But right now we're bananas. They want to scan us. They want to check us out. Like not our food, like us. And if we wait too long, it's going to end up like that article that was written in... And I'll get into that a little bit by Bill Joy. And what's it called? It's called... um why the future doesn't need us. Mind-blowing. Just mind-blowing. So I'm going to get into more stuff. I'm going to break this up. I'm going to chop this up into, uh, I think, different videos and different podcasts. Because I don't want it to be like a really just three-hour thing. Because I don't think people will listen to all of it. I don't know if I'm that entertaining. I don't think I am. And then I worry that a lot of good information is about to come out. And it's going to be too deep into this. Like an hour in and no one's going to be listening. So I think, I mean, you guys give me feedback. I'd be really, I would love to hear Like, should I keep going? Should I divide this up into like, you know, make a, you know, a podcast on this topic, a podcast on that topic? What's better? Any suggestions? I would love suggestions, especially in the call-in app because I can see it. But no worries. No worries. All right. We got a lot more to get into. I'm going to, I'm going to publish this one. And then we'll get back into it. Um, But uh, crazy stuff's happening in this world. The world is bananas. Divide up. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks, Nivik. I appreciate that. Nivik, Nivik. Awesome. All right. I'm going to stop it then. And uh, we'll hop back into it in like 30 minutes. All right? All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Really, really appreciate you. Thank you.